0: Welcome to the Feathered Desert, a podcast all about desert bird feeding in the southwestern region of the United States.
1: Hi there! This is, welcome to the Feathered Desert uh, podcast. Today, Kirsten and I are going to talk about feeder placement. And it's a question that we often get at Wild Birds Unlimited in Mesa is, where is the best place in my yard to hang my bird feeder? That's an excellent question. One Kirsten and I are going to hopefully answer for you today. There are several things to take into consideration when placing a bird feeder in your yard. Um, First and foremost is placing uh, the feeder where the birds in your yard have easy and safe access to the feeder. The second is Where in your home or yard is your favorite viewing place? So you need to take those two things into consideration. What window do you like uh, to look out to watch the birds most often? And after all, all, the whole idea around feeding your backyard bird buddies is, I liked how I said that, backyard bird buddies, (laughs) is the enjoyment we receive from watching the birds be who they are. Right. So Kirsten is first gonna tackle windows.
0: Yes, windows. We all have them. We need them. That's how you're going to see your birds. So, there are specifics for placing a feeder in front of a window. And this is for bird safety and your optimum viewing. Also, sometimes for your safety too. Yes. Because <laughs> you never know. Could be a big bird, could crash right into your window and crack it. So, the window strike zone, there is a window strike zone. And we want to avoid placing feeders in the window strike zone. So, you, and that is three feet to 10 feet. From your window. So in that three foot away to ten foot away zone is your strike zone. We want to avoid that. So you should either place your feeders within three feet of your window. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but we're gonna tell you why. Or more than ten feet away from your windows. So in between that three to ten feet, no, that's the no-go. We want it within three feet of the window or ten more than ten feet away. So the distance between your window and windows. And your feeder is not just about your view. It is a safety issue for birds visiting your feeders. Everyone has experienced this, I am sure. Everyone listening right now has experienced a bird running into your window. So when your feeders are closer than three feet to your window, if a bird is spooked, they may fly into the window, but they just can't gain enough momentum to actually really hurt themselves. And they'll usually just bounce right off. And that's why we want it within three feet of the window. Also, they're already breaking. If they're going towards that feeder that is three feet to the window or even right on the window, like some of our hummingbird feeders here and our little treescape feeder that actually attaches to the window, they're already breaking as they're coming towards your window. So if they miss the feeder, They definitely need to go back to flight school. But (laughs) if they miss the feeder, they're just going to hit the window very, very lightly and bounce off and maybe be stunned for a moment, maybe not even be stunned. So that's why we say within three feet of the window. Then your next one, if you cannot do that or you don't want to do that, then you want to put your feeders 10 feet from the window. So when feeders are farther than 10 feet from the window, birds may spook towards the window But it gives them time to make a sharp turn and avoid hitting the window. And we do encourage you to look at our podcast called Window Collisions, Preventable Death for More on Birds and Windows, and how to prevent them from hitting the window. All right, so we've got Cheryl with more tips on feeder placement. So, yes, more
1: tips, and more and more tips. (laughs) Place feeders where you will be able to reach them for cleaning and easy refilling.
0: That's That's very important
1: important because... Um It promotes um, you being a participant in feeding the birds and keeping feeders clean is very important and um, hygiene is very important in um, feeding the birds. Birds should have not only easy access, but their safety should be a consideration. Placing the feeder in a tree or a pole close to a tree, or tall shrubs provides the birds with quick access from a predator such as a cat or a hawk. It makes them feel safe and if they feel safe they're going to visit that area more often which gives you more opportunities to watch them and uh, view them. Feeders should be sheltered from the weather, sun, or rain under the branches of a tree or by using a weather guard to protect the seed from getting wet and then moldy. Um, we do sell these at Wild Birds um, Unlimited in Mesa. We have uh, weather guards you can put over your feeders if it has to sit in the sun. We even have some that are colored that provide some shade for the birds. Um, birds still come to feeders even, even in the rain or snow. So have a little cover for them, keeps the birds dry and their meal dry as well. Yeah. Um, I'm, I've been often asked uh, when it rains here, should I take my um, bird seed in? Well, I leave my feeders out in the rain. Yeah. Um, because I know the birds are eating it. Does that mean that my cylinder's gonna get a little damp and it may deteriorate faster? Yes, it means I'll have to replace it sooner. And so I'm taking that chance. Yeah. So it's really a personal um, decision whether you're gonna pull your feeders in or not. Yeah. I leave them out because the birds gotta eat
0: and you can make that decision too during our monsoon season a little differently because sometimes throughout the year we don't have super heavy rain yeah. like in monsoon season we get a lot more heavy heavy rain that maybe maybe just do a tube feeder and not necessarily a cylinder at that time yeah. And then during our drier times, I definitely leave my cylinders out if it's just a light rain. But if I know it's supposed to, like, rain all day long and pour, then I grab the stuff. Like, if I have a cylinder out, I grab that. Or if I have a Sewert cylinder out, I grab that and bring it in. But I'll leave my, um, my tube feeder out because that is at least keeping the, the seed a little dry, but it's still offering them something. Yeah. So that's something you can mix and match.
1: And if it's gonna rain at night, you can definitely take your feeders oh, in. Oh sure, and yeah. the, the birds are sleeping. In the, in the morning, because the birds are sleeping. Absolutely. The proper distance from branches to discourage rodents. Okay. Yeah. Um, if this is a problem you deal with, and we are talking about feeder placement, it is important to maintain certain distances off the ground and away from fruit trees, decks and windowsills. Okay, Windowsills sills surprised me. But squirrels and roof rats can jump. This surprised me too with roof rats, not squirrels, because I've seen squirrels yeah. do this. Can jump easily three feet straight up. That's vertical. Yes. Okay. That's a rat with those little feet.
0: Yeah, that one, I've I, I worked with rats once again in, in the zoo industry and uh, I do love a good rat. Uh, these of course were fancy rats, but yeah, I have seen them jump and it was terribly surprising. We're like, no way is he gonna be able to get there and it's boom and we're like, whoa. So they do, they've got some little springboards in yeah, those feet that you yeah, don't know are there.
1: Like little kangaroo feet. Yeah. So if your feeder is four to five feet off the ground or you've placed a baffle at four feet, um, around your pole system or even your tree, um, then the bird food is safe. But then you have to remember that squirrels and roof rats use trees. Yes. Um, so they can jump horizontal that three feet as well or drop um, from above. So you have to make sure that um, you would want to place your feet or four feet from fencing or a low branch or a windowsill that's where the windowsill comes in yeah and generally if the branch is eight to ten feet above the feeder the rodents will stay in the tree they won't make that drop because they understand that hurts yes and they miss yeah they won't do it for whatever reason in their brain they've got they've got better uh, death perception than I do
0: yeah yeah and when i lived in maryland just to go with this i did have my trees i kept it i had this really great old um uh, walnut tree it was wonderful and it had this really great branch that went straight out and i it was probably about six feet from the actual tree trunk and then i hung it on um a metal chain link chain about mine was probably yeah maybe five five six feet and it actually worked really well from that branch. And it was low enough for me to be able to, to get it easily so I could refill it and clean it. And I saw a squirrel one time try it. I didn't even use a squirrel baffle on, on the top of mine because he got about, he got all the way down and he was literally hanging on the branch with his back feet and <laughs> he was holding on to the, the chain with his front feet and he starts swinging around and he's like, this isn't working. So you can use that like a chain link metal Uh, chain will help. And then also here at WBU Mesa, we have ones that are specifically made for trees like that. And it's their hooks, the tree hooks, and they're really, really long ones. We have different lengths. Yes, different lengths. And if you use that really, really long one, it helps to keep the squirrels and the rats from being able to shimmy down it. And then we also have, it helps with, um, raccoons grabbing the chain and then pulling it up because they'll do that and stinkers yeah they're real smart so that's a way to go with that as well
1: yeah we do sell at Wildbirds um unlimited in mesa we do have squirrel baffles that can hang over your feeder um and it centers the uh f- the feeder is centered in the middle of the the baffle and it's clear plastic so it doesn't yeah. inter- interfere with your viewing of it but it makes it incredibly difficult for it works for roof rats too for squirrels or rodents to be because it's slick yeah but they can't reach around to get to your feeder
0: and also as pigeon guard as yes well. the and pigeons works- can't sit up on the top of it and yes. that works well for them too yes So we have got even more tips. Even more tips on feeder placement. All right. So how close can feeders be to one another? We get that question quite a lot here at the store. And It's always nice to be able to provide more than one food choice for your backyard birds. So variety in food does encourage diversity in birds that visit your feeders. And we also tell people that. So we want to think about that a little. And these are the things we want to think about when you're doing that. You want to keep small birds separate from bigger birds. So if you're offering a finch feeder, don't put it right next to something that you're offering for larger birds. Like lovebirds. Right, like lovebirds. Because the smaller finches, unless they're house finches, house finches really have no sense of They'll just <laughs> do whatever they want. They have no fear of anything. Um, but if you're trying to attract those um, goldfinches, they're very polite birds. They're extremely <laughs> polite. They're not pushy at all. They will wait their turn. But if they don't ever get to the food, then they're not going to come back. So keeping those separated, so if you're doing a cylinder for the lovebirds and a finch feeder, you want to keep those separated from each other. And we're going to talk about distances in just a moment. Uh, Hummingbirds also do not like a lot of activity near their feeders. We've all seen this. Um, So multiple hummingbird feeders should be placed 25 feet apart. I would say minimum of 10 if your yard is not big enough for that. And you, you want can, them, when you're attracting them specifically for hummingbirds, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, so be, if
1: it's 10 feet, maybe around a corner. Maybe around should, a
0: corner, something like that, yes. I know not everybody's got a huge yard, and maybe you want to have more than one. So 25 definitely is great because they just, that's a lot of energy for them to expend. Like, they exhaust themselves, and they'll stop. Yes, <laughs> and they'll be like, fine, somebody else can use that one. Um, but front of the house, back of the house is a great place to do that. That's what I do with mine, and... That works really well. They just don't want to deal with bigger birds being around them. And, of course, they want to keep their stuff to themselves. They don't share with other yeah, hummingbirds.
1: Very territorial. Yeah, so they having don't them... don't
0: share well. No, not at all. So having them separated. Another thing to think about your hummingbird feeders, and really any feeder, is sun versus shade, especially here in Arizona. When I lived in Maryland, I put my hummingbird feeder in the sun because it was cool there and they needed to warm it. But here, you don't want to put your hummingbird feeder in the sun, unless you are in here the winter, then if it is you know, 65 or below, that's fine for it to be in the sun, because it's keep the nectar nice and warm, and the hummingbird won't overheat. But putting it in the shade, or at least partial shade, is probably the best really for any feeder, especially here in the valley, because no one wants to sit in the sun when it's hot and eat stuff. Yeah, we don't want our soda hot. No, we don't want our soda hot, and this also goes for seed feeders too. And birds just don't want to sit in the sun in the middle of the day or when they don't need to get enough energy or get more of their energy up because it's just, it's hot. I mean, we don't want to be out in the sun at all. We'll stand in the shade. If you need to be outside, you try to wear a hat or stay under a tree. So that's the same thing here as well. Uh, 10 feet is a reasonable distance between feeders, especially if they're different feeders that are attracting kind of the same birds. So if you have a seed feeder and a suit feeder, that's totally fine. Uh, This keeps stress levels down and it helps keep the ground clean. We don't want everything sitting right around each other because then all the poo builds up on the ground. And then that can cause all sorts of different types of problems. And definitely check out our podcast about that. And we did one that was how to keep your feeder from becoming a disease depot. And we talk about the different diseases that can happen when you have your feeders too close together.
1: And there's more tips on... Taking care of the ground underneath your feeders. Yes,
0: exactly, in that podcast. So we'll say here, always keep the ground underneath your feeders clean. Um, And sometimes adjusting the spacing helps with sanitation as well. Just move them uh, a few feet more apart. Uh, You can use an APS system, and that stands for Advanced Pole System. We do offer that pole system here at WBU Mesa for sure, and most of our WBU stores around the country will carry it. The system is actually designed to be able to hold two or more feeders, which is wonderful. But you need to keep be mindful about which feeders you're actually using and what you're offering your birds there. So birds do eat different foods at different times of the day and within different social circles. So um, it will behoove you. Um, behoove. You threw that one in there, didn't you? <laughs> Nobody uses that <laughs> word anymore, but we're using it today. That was me off the cuff. It's good. It's good. <laughs> so it will behoove you to observe your bird's behavior while they're visiting your yard for territorial behavior stress and sickness and if you see these kinds of things you can switch out your feeders make adjustments that'll be beneficial to the birds and yourself i mean you don't want this to be stressful for you uh this is supposed to be a fun hobby so different feeders at different levels will also invite different types of birds to your feeders it it does it works and i know that you've told us this example in one of our hummingbird podcasts about different levels for different species of hummingbirds yes. Yes. because they have that hierarchy they have a
1: hierarchy yeah. yeah
0: and so it's very very cool uh this also means that birds are not forced to interact with each other and we kind of do that when we're putting out feeders is we're really forcing birds to come within a group that they might not necessarily necessarily socialize with. Yeah. with so as long as we can keep them separated and give them that distance they're all going to get along fine there might be a few scuffles here and there but no not a big deal no one's going to well, be yeah. limping away or anything no, like that you just
1: give the Gila woodpecker his space right <laughs> yes and the curbell thrasher well he's got that beak so you just
0: you know right walk away give them their little space and they'll, they'll all be good they don't him. eat much no <laughs>
1: <laughs> they don't stay very long
0: they don't. They really don't. They come, they get what they want, and then they fly and do yes. whatever it is they do for the rest of the day. They might come back one time, and yeah, that's pretty much how it works with eye feeders, too. Sometimes you can get a
1: mockingbird that's territorial, but then I would yeah. think you would just offer it its own little space.
0: Yeah, and sometimes you can get that with, during breeding season yes. if you've got a nice bush, yes. and the mockingbird can yeah be super territorial but then you might if you notice that obviously we don't want you to remove the nest but if you can kind of maybe move your feeders a little bit farther away into a slightly different area where you can still see them but give him space for that and then when breeding season is over you can get into that bush and tear up that nest and then he won't nest there again next year and that'll help yeah because i know they can be an issue they can
1: so hopefully these tips help you in placing your feeders in just the right spots to promote the health and safety of your backyard birds, as well as enhance your viewing pleasure. There's no plant spotlight with this podcast because I'm doing some research on cactuses. Oh. So next podcast will be a... Something uh, about some cacti. Cactuses, yes. Nice. I'm
0: branching out. All right. Also, if you guys have other questions about feeder placement, feel free to come and visit us at the WBU Mesa store. And also, we do have an email address. So you can email us at thefeatherdesert@gmail.com, at gmail.com. And we will get back to you as soon as we can uh, with that. But yeah, if you have any other questions about feeder placement, feel free to reach out. Yes.